The floodgates have opened. Finally, you're tuned in to the Union Soccer Podcast. Find us wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever that may be. Get the Union Soccer Podcast. Also, subscribe to the Union Soccer Blog, unionsoccerblog.substack.com. You can check out all of Joe Tanzi's work. And Joe Tanzi, also the star of this show, the Union Soccer Podcast. Joe Tanzi, and you can follow him at jtanzi90. My name is John Jansen. Follow me at jjansen34. The floodgates have opened, Joe. Or were, were they already uh, slightly ajar? You know what? They were slightly ajar. You know what? There were cracks in the dam, right? There were cracks. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's amazing. The, the DP Ford scored a hat trick. Like, uh, like, oh, my, this is exactly what he's he's been doing. He has scored a hat trick before for the Union. But, like, this is what the difference is between a DP for not having one and being able to get out of a slump very quickly. Um, whereas in, you know, pre-2022 is very hard to do that. Um, not looking at you, Casper Shabilko. Um, <laughs> and look, he, he gets a lot of crap, but like, let's be honest, like it's night and day between what, what he did and what the others did. Very useful for the club in, in the, in the time that he was here, but um, the upgrade was needed and, it, and it, it's been night and day. Um, and the other thing is, it's when, when this team plays to its its standard, and this is the, the kind of the overarching theme of, of Saturday night, and then coming into tonight's Champions League game is if this team plays like itself, which we we'll get into like what that actually means. But when this team plays like itself and looks normal, it still looks like the best team in the MLS. One of one of. The best team in MLS is coming is coming to town tonight. Hey, but, easy. Yeah. Uh look, right. yeah. Wait till Union are in form. All right. I'm not the only one who said that. Okay. Um but yeah. I, I just don't very... want to admit it because I hate him. Right. Bleep him. <laughs> yeah. It, it it it's it's hard to admit, but I mean now Rob McElhenney's hanging out with Bale. Like, what is going on, man? What is going on? I don't like any of this. I'm, I'm waiting for, for Ted Lasso. To show up in a Wrexham jersey at a pickleball court, yeah. <laughs> and and then we can we can just cross all of our internet trends um, all at once, and let, like I think that might who has like the most liked tweets on on Twitter is like is it still the Ellen DeGeneres selfie from a few years ago? Is it still really? I don't know. I, I I'm not well versed in that, but um, I think it it's could. Ted I Lass- mean, it very well is. At the top, yeah. one of. I, I think Ted Lasso in a Wrexham jersey holding a, a pickleball racket or on a pickleball court might might do that. Um, yeah, you can't recruit Gareth Bale. Um, no. No, I, I mean, uh, that's a whole other topic for a whole other podcast when there's not a lot going on. But yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, to each their own. Um I got sidetracked really fast on that. The union, um, when they when they play um, their brand of soccer, and they're so efficient in doing so, it's scary good. Now, I'm going to say this with the small caveat because I know in about three weeks when they have a bad game, or if they have a bad game, I'm going to get this exact tweet. Toronto, well, can I curse or no? No. 
because okay. we replay these on Fox Sports The Gambler, by the okay. way. Okay. So uh without cursing, how do I say this? <laughs> um Toronto FC was the saddest total, uh, total total utter dog crap team I've seen come into that stadium in a long time. They had nothing going for them. It it's just an absolute disaster. Like when Bernardeschi and, and Insigne aren't going and aren't free-flowing an attack and they're playing an actual good team, they look awful. Like, it, they had actually nothing going for them. Like, it, I think it set the tone in the first, I don't know what, 25 minutes. Jose Martinez had dispossessed Bernardeschi or or pushed him off the ball in some capacity at least three to four times. Like he just out physical him from the start. Like, yes, Insigne did have his, his moment of brilliance on that, that first Toronto goal. That's really all he did. Right. So that like kind of now, how does that kind of translate to LAFC? Because LAFC is a much better team, but they have superstars. You know what I mean? So that that's, that's how we're trying to look at this where, Yes, the Union had a fantastic performance. They beat a team they were supposed to beat. And heck, they didn't even look at 100% yet because Jim Curtin was one of the first to admit this on Saturday night. The clean sheet was very important. They could have cleaned things up in, in the second half. That being said, it gives you a huge confidence booster going into Wednesday night. Ua's coming off a hat trick. I think Carranza's going to be playing pissed off because he hasn't scored in, in, a, in a few games. And uh, strikers are very temperamental like that. Gazdag's been a top top three player on this team this year, him, Martinez, and Glesnes. And that's your spine right there. That's your your center back, your your DM, and, and your attacking midfielder, your 10. That's going to be so, so important tonight against LAFC, which I, it's a fascinating matchup. Yes, it's the same, but it's also different at the same time. So it's going to be – it's going to be very fascinating to watch how this whole thing unfolds tonight because – um, there were certain things that I picked up in, in the press conferences yesterday with Jim Curtin and Alejandro Bedoya that LAFC may be more comfortable uh, playing certain styles. They are, but I want to go to one Mikel Ua, Joe Tanzi. I want to talk about the hat trick. Uh, I know we expect goals out of strikers and goals haven't necessarily been there, but this seems like a product of good play from Ua being rewarded in a way that finally ends up on the stat sheet. Right. I mean, look, we've been talking about Michael Ua being in the right positions at the right time since the opener against the crew. I mean, heck, I, I wrote a whole thing about it um, over at the Substack. Go subscribe, go subscribe, go subscribe. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting when he gets the, the criticism. And look, he even admitted it himself post-game on Saturday that sometimes it is black and white. You score goals or you don't score goals. And that's fair. That's what strikers are supposed to do. But the reason why he's able to, to, to score a hat trick is he's been doing all the right things already. I mean, to me, the, the second goal he scores where – Gazdag plays that, that through ball through. Ua is perfectly onside. Peranza can't touch the ball because he's coming back from an offside position. And then he uses the speed. I don't want to use deceptively deceptively quick because that's kind of the cliche we, we use with, with all white guys. But uh, he zoomed past those defenders. 
and then a very cool and calm finish into the back of that. Like that's exactly what you want. And that comes out of a, you know, a, a dispossession near the center circle. It's what two, maybe three touches, bing, bang, boom. And who is through the, the, the first goal he scores. Um, that's a little, a bit of a weird one because um, it's a pure effort play by Carranza. Um, he gets the, the ball out. Bedoya whiffs on it. Bedoya actually gets an assist on that play. Uh, and then Ula scores. I honestly don't remember the, the fourth goal. I know it went, I know it was towards the river end, but I was yeah, I was so fixated on the, the, the second, the third goal. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what happened on the fourth goal. So that really shows how, how great of a job I'm doing over here. But <laughs> to, but but to me, the second goal he scores, the union's third goal, is exactly what you want out of this team because they they made their luck in on the first two goals. And Jim Curtin has said this before, like, you know, he's a true believer in um, building up your own luck. And look, look at the Chicago game. You know, Jacob Glesnes hits a clearance off of Nathan By the way, Mario. I think the third one, I'm trying to remember as well because of the order of it. But the third one, I think, was that cross from Carranza into the box. And then... Yes, and he slid in He slid in with the finish. Yes, that was, that was his third goal, yes. Um Still, I think the most impressive to me was the the second one he scored. Yeah, because because really of, of all the factors involved in him, you know, finishing one v one against Sean Johnson. Um, so yeah, he's been talking about making their own. Which showed he does have yeah. like if there are any questions about does mm-hmm. this guy have enough? Like I don't know if there are questions about the physical tools, but man, he he got a good ball from Guys Dag, but it was basically him beating an angle of the one defender and then beating Sean Johnson one on one, and he beat both of them. So that to me, right. like, says, yeah, this guy is talented. Like, if there's any questions about, is he talented enough? Is he a good enough striker? Like, I don't know that the, the small things like that, where he beats an angle, then beats a goalkeeper like Sean Johnson. That was that was very good for me to see. I think that right, and th- those are the qualities that Michael has shown since he arrived from Brunby. Yeah, so it's like we we know what type of striker he is, and he shows that on a a weekly basis. To me, I think it just ends up being. Uh, are there goals or no goals? <laughs> you know, is is what we judge him by. And when when he does score, it's oh my god, look at all the, these these fantastic things he's doing. When he's not scoring, the his ability to get in the right positions, his physicality, um, maybe aren't as appreciated. Like take the the Atlas second leg for example. That's a game where his hold up play. And him and Carranza being physical with the Atlas defenders was massive. And then he ends up getting the um, the assist at the end. Carranza said he does have something to show for on the stat sheet. But to me, that's it's it's so fascinating to see. Like, yes, strikers are judged at the end of the day by goals, assists, however many goal contributions they have, which is. Absolutely fair. I'm not going to criticize anyone for doing that. But when you kind of take the larger scope here and you watch what what Michael Ua does on a weekly basis, there's a reason why he's in these positions to to score a hat trick. You know, he he makes these the the back post run that he makes on the his third goal. He makes that on a regular basis. You know, he's making the the cutting run. To be in position between two defenders and then sprint onto a ball 
like the second goal, he does that a lot. You know, the execution doesn't show sometimes, but the way he he gets into position is so impressive to watch. And, and if, if you watch from up above, like I do in the press box, you see it. And it really is kind of a testament to just how much work he does put in to excel at the position because some of, the, some of these goals he scores look easy, but they look easy because he's in the right position. It's like with Andre Blake making saves. Andre Blake doesn't make many spectacular saves anymore. Uh, there will be games, and potentially tonight and in the second leg against LAFC, where he has to, to show up and, and make these big saves, but he's rarely out of position um, I think the term I've used is he's in position to be in position where he he reads the attackers so well that he doesn't have to make the diving save or, or the, you know, parry a, a ball over the bar with both hands uh, and make it look like a, a highlight real play because he's already got that ground covered. And I think that's the same can be said in – you know, in different lights with, with Jacob Pelesnes, with Jose Martinez as well. So I think that to me is like, it's the, it's the little intricacies that, that these guys have that not only make them, them really good players, but then when they're really humming, like Uo was on, um, on Saturday night, it really shows just how spectacular of players they, they are. Yeah, I think what the Toronto game showed, and obviously you mentioned the lack of quality from Toronto, but I just think it's the versatility. I mean, Uwa got many different chances in many different ways, from a Gazdag ball that I thought was very well uh, paced to him, from Carranza uh, working extremely hard, and then Carranza also getting one in the box that was a pretty special type of pass as well. Uh, I just I, I love the combination of the three, and I know it gets forgotten because they haven't been scoring as much. Now, lately they have been, which has been really good. Uh, but man, just the the quality of those three together, the fact that they complement all of each other very well, uh, it is a special attack. And I again, I think we're going to see more of that in the future in this season. Uh, but it was uh, it was a very good reminder of it of that game in Toronto, and then of course uh, the past few matches as well, including Champions League play. Uh, I, I just think they complement each other all so very well in the way that they play. Right, and they're they're unselfish to a fault sometimes as well. Oh, I know. Um, yes. Yeah, they absolutely are. <laughs> they weren't, they weren't on Saturday, but there, there are instances where. No, that that, it's of, happened before. It's happened a lot this right. season in particular. You're right. Right. But that kind of brings us into the, the LAFC game because you have this incredible attacking trio and, oh, by the way, guess who's, who's marching into Chester is, is Carlos Vela, Dennis Buanga, um, Waldo Opoku, who I think is uh, incredibly underrated. Uh, with the work he does, um, but won't get as much love because he doesn't have the the higher goal tally. Um, Jim Curtin mentioned Stipe Buke, uh, the young Croatian uh, that they brought in in the offseason as a, a, a future star of this league. Um, it, it's going to be really tough, and it's good to see that attacking trio firing on all cylinders going into a Champions League game because they're going to have to score multiple goals tonight. They really are. And it's, um, we'll get into it, but it's now, I think the the key word for tonight is balance. That does seem like a key word because the attack has been good. Defense, though, 
I mean, Toronto, they gave up two goals, obviously, you know, later goals, and they pretty much had the game in hand. Uh, but as you just mentioned here uh, against LAFC, they have extremely good quality at attack. What are your thoughts, uh, I guess, kind of optimism or lack of their optimism with the back line and the defense overall heading into this game, which is likely going to be challenged pretty well? Yeah, um, it, it, to me, it's going to be fascinating to see who starts at right back. Um, is it going to be Bizo? Is it going to be Harrell? Bizo is is back in training. They just um, held him out of Saturday as a, a precautionary measure, potentially to save him for uh, this game against LAFC. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, though. I, I think the, the defensive success doesn't rely on anybody in the back four. I think it relies on Jose Martinez tonight. Um, there's so much LAFC can do in their buildup uh, with their, um, and it's not just Vela, Buanga, Apoku, or Buke, whoever starts in that third role. Uh, Timothy Tillman's been a fantastic pickup for them in, in midfield. Um, Kellen Acosta, we know what he brings to the table. We've seen him in MLS for what feels like forever. Um, Ilya Sanchez, um, who is perpetually one of the most underrated players in Major League Soccer. Uh, he was with Kansas City, and he's flawlessly come into this LAFC side and, and brought them that that balance. Um, and wh- what I will note is, and this is something that Jim Curtin and Alejandro Bedoya both mentioned in, in Tuesday's press conference, is that LAFC, they're not just going to beat you one way. You know, It's not just they're going to build up with a million passes and then – Vela's going to do something with uh, with his left foot, or Buanga's going to beat you 1v1. Um, they're also playing more direct as well. Uh, and Jim Curtin mentioned that, that the transition metrics that the union look to as kind of key markers for them. LAFC is not only number one um, in the attacking metrics, but they're number one in the defensive transition metrics as well, uh, which is scary because that's what the union want to do they want to hit him in transition so i think this might be a game where like the union are going to have to have more possession i really think that's how it's going to go because lafc is okay with with knocking it down the field and letting uh one of their attackers beat you 1v1 um and the pressure is really on the union tonight right because all the pressure LAFC, on the union because <laughs> LA, you know yeah, what lafc is going to bring when they get back home for the right. second. And but if you're LAFC, you you can march into this game and say, well, if we come away with one away goal, that's that's currency. Like that that is the most valuable currency in the CONCACAF Champions League right now is away goals. And you take that to LA and you're like, oh, well, you know what? We have one away goal in hand um unless they concede in in LA, which has happened many times against the union there. Um, they have that to to fall back on. So it's going to be very fascinating to see how they approach the game. Um, it's also worth noting, I tweeted this out yesterday, they flew in last night. It's a very weird approach. Usually the, the team from the West Coast travels in uh, two days before, but that's not the case here. Um, I think something has to do with it the, with the late kickoff time. Obviously, they're not playing anybody on on Saturday, so it it's not affected by their travel elsewhere. So I'm, I'm thinking because 
it's a 6 p.m. local kickoff uh, in their on their bodies. I think that's maybe how they're approaching things because they they trained out in California too. I don't know if it means anything. Could mean something. Could mean absolutely nothing. Just an interesting factor to throw in this game. But when it comes to balance, so this is where I'm. I, I go back to this keyword. So the key for the union is to obviously win the game. That's that's your main goal. You want to beat LAFC. You want to go back uh, to the West Coast with an advantage. But you also want to do so while not mortgaging your defensive backbone. Because if you lose that and say LAFC comes out in the first 15 minutes, which we've seen teams do against the union this year, and punches them in the face with an early goal, well, that just blows up the, the, the dynamic of the entire two legs. So I think you're going to see a balanced and measured approach from the union, uh, especially in the first half. Uh, yes, they want to go forward. Yes, they want to put John McCarthy under pressure in the LAFC net, but they also don't want to concede. You know, the, the goal, the bare minimum goal is to get to halftime with LAFC having a zero in, in their scoring column. Because if you're able to have that, you can at least build on something. But if LAFC scores and you're down at halftime, the going gets tough really quick because an LAFC can just say, okay, we're not going to play with the ball. We're up a goal. We have an away goal. We can go back home and, and beat you and maybe strike for a second one you know, in, in Chester. But if the union are able to command the game, if Jose Martinez is breaking up plays in the middle of the field um, and potentially drifting to the left a little bit, potentially drifting to the right a little bit with his uh, with the ground he covers. Like I, th- I think that's he he's just the, he's got to be the key player tonight. Like we know what Gillespie brings. Um, we'll see if it's Damian Lowe or Jack Elliott center back. Um, my guess would be Bizos on the right. Um, you know, you know, like it or not, it's kind of you know Nathan Harrell hasn't um, surpassed Bizo completely in that competition, and we know what Kai Wagner brings. Um, so yeah, I think it, it Martinez. And then I would say the second most important player tonight is Alejandro Bedoya. And remember, he didn't play in MLS Cup. I know, I know we don't like sitting here, and, and or at least the union don't. Fans do. The union don't like bringing up the, the revenge word and, and all of this. But there, there's one little nugget from last year that, that's kind of stuck in my mind when it comes to this, this topic is I, meant, I had a conversation with Jack Elliott, I think, what, August, September, whenever it was, second half of last regular season. And it was the first time I heard a player mention, yeah, we wanted to get back to the Eastern Conference final because it left a bad taste after everybody was ruled out with COVID. Um, they may have been saying that behind the scenes too, but the message was always focus on this year, focus on this year, focus on this year. So these guys are human. Like last year is going to creep into their heads. I think for Bedoya specifically, not being able to play because of the injury um, is going to play a lot in, in on his mind. And I think he's very crucial for the defensive work uh, tonight. If, if he's able to help uh, contain that attacking three or even contain what, what Tillman and Acosta do, 
that's very important because then you can you can spring the the attackers in transition and it makes life a little easier for you um if you're the union so i'm I know everybody's going to point to Blake or the center backs, but I really do think that the play in midfield uh, with Jose Martinez and Alejandro Bedoya is just so vital to what the union are able to to do tonight. Now you mentioned balance. You mentioned having to, in the first half, hopefully keep a clean sheet. A lot of tough things that you're asking the union to do against a very good squad in LAFC. It was obviously playing very well. What would be a win here? Not just obviously a W in the column, but what would be a great result here that would have you feeling comfortable if you're the union going into a second leg against LAFC? My answer would be a multi-goal win with a clean sheet. Yeah. And even then, I don't know if I would feel comfortable. No, because they could score so much. That's the only thing is like LAFC obviously is a very potent goal scoring team and they're very Mm -hmm. potent at home. And we know how wide open that game gets. And I know we saw, at least in uh, the MLS Cup last year, that the Union were able to keep up. But still, it's a it's a tough task to ask for the Union to come away with a bunch of away goals and to keep up with the pace when LAFC has just been so good on their home turf. Right. But I also think here's the, the thing that leaves you hope is... They've scored three goals in that that banger of a game in 2020. They scored three goals there last year. So I don't think that – I think the perception may be that because LAFC is playing so well um, that if they get an away goal, this tie is done and dusted. But the Union scored two away goals in Mexico at Atlas. Uh, They've scored many goals – in the stadium formerly known as Bank of California Stadium. I think it's BMO Stadium now. Um, yeah, I, look, I, they can they can score an away goal at L.A. They've done it before. They can do it again. But the, the concern here is if LAFC scores more than once, I think you can, you can get away with one concession if, if it's 3-1. Like, uh, there's got to be a multi-goal cushion here for the union. They're capable of doing it. They're more than capable of doing it if they play at their best. But can it be executed to perfection? Like that, that's what we're we're waiting to see. We know what we know what the ceiling is. We know what LAFC's ceiling is. And LAFC's just been playing incredible soccer since the jump this season. So to me, that's kind of just what it comes down to. Can the union can the attacking version of the Union from the Toronto game and the defensive version from Atlas and Kansas City, can they come together for the most complete performance of the season and give the Union that multi-goal advantage they need? And then, look, if they're up two-plus goals and LAFC only has one or they have zero next to their name, then it becomes a, a very, very clear reality that they can get this job done. And I think that's kind of the hope within the fan base right now is, yes, LAFC is playing really good, but when when the union are at their best, man, they're, they're pretty damn Oh, yeah, they can, they can play up to that level. Obviously, we saw right. that in MLS Cup last year. This is the same team, and I think a, mm. 
I don't know a better version. Obviously, they're a deeper version. Um, and I think that they're, you know, another year obviously means better. I don't think we've seen the results of that quite yet. I think we're eventually going to. But this is the same team, if not better. And they did great in LAFC last year in a huge game, an MLS Cup. So, yeah, they can play up to that level. Just are you seeing enough from them now to think that they can play up to that level? No. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I haven't well, seen yeah, it Yeah, the flashes have been there for sure. So we, we've talked about how the, these, like the defense, the defensive flashes were there against Atlas, against Kansas City. And yep, yep. For, for most of the Orlando game after that nonsense um, in the first 10 or 15 minutes, the attacking prowess has been there. It's there. It was there against Toronto. It was there in the final 30 minutes against Chicago. You know, it's it's been there in in larger capacities in recent games. But for it to be 100% perfect, to be the, the clean sheet, multi-goal winning team uh, that was that played inside Subaru Park for 95% of, of last season, that version hasn't showed up yet. Can it tonight? Absolutely. But I think the your biggest concern is whoever starts it right back because Harriel has has shown a few flaws with the those backdoor runs as, as Jim Curtin has called them. And Baizo, we know, you know, it's, you know, he's kind of just one mistake per game, but um, the pace that he brings and um, you know, the experience he has against LAFC could be, could be vital. Um, like I, I'm trying to just pick the lineup in my head and I would pick, I'd probably pick Lowe over Elliott because of his, his CONCACAF performances. I would take Baizo over Harriel, knowing what the risk is. And then I think it basically comes down to, do you take Flock or McGlynn? The, <laughs> the question that can't, that can't escape us. It can't, but I'll admit after seeing that close to almost uh, kick go in, I would love McGlynn. I would love that. I would love that kind of attacking uh, type well, of ability. With and it, and, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And it, his defense, as much as I love Flock, it's just that is it's tempting because McGlynn is just getting better. And it's to the point where it's really hard to keep that off. But basically, it comes down to what do you see has, in, has improved the most? Is it McGlynn, McGlynn's defensive abilities? Or Flock's offensive abilities, which and he has, answer, but you're right. That's a that's a good right. way to put it. But as if well. if you're right. if you're like that, that's what you're measuring. You're not measuring Leon Flock's defense against Jack McGlynn's offense. You're you're measuring or you're comparing the the weaknesses of the two and which is the strongest weakness. And I think I think McGlynn gets the edge because his his defensive abilities have been up to snuff so far, and. I think you need him on the field for at least the first 60. Then you can bring on Flock as the closer, but I think that's that's kind of where we we stand with the 11. And um, I think that's kind of what, what Jim Curtin's going to go to. But like I said, at the end of the day, if you get a multi-goal win with a clean sheet, uh, you can leave Chester feeling very, very satisfied. That would be fantastic. Uh, anything with rotations here? Because I know... I mean, everybody wants to hear about rotations. That seems to be the number one question all the time. Uh, what do you think the rotations are going to be here for the first leg? None, uh, none, uh, uh, yeah. nothing that we didn't break down already. Um, 
maybe for the Red Bulls game next Saturday, but that's a, a long ways away right now. You'll you'll see the regulars, and it's just a matter of I think I think it's pretty established who's coming off the bench as well. And Sullivan, yeah, uh, Leon Flock, Nathan Harrell probably come off the yeah, bench. Yeah, Sullivan um, has really taken yeah. a hold of that. That's right. right. He's he's made Torres kind of irrelevant for. Um, a little Which while. Is impressive because Torres came off strong, man. But right. you're right. Sullivan's just Sullivan's been good. He's really he's really taken. It's, a it's almost like it's almost like a, a prize fight kind of where Torres came out with that first like initial blow. Right. Yeah. And he's like, this <laughs> yeah. is this is mine. But then Sullivan was like, no, 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 this is this is mine. And he's he's kind of done a steady job getting to it. Yeah, he really has. Uh, all right, Joe. Do I do I ask you for a final prediction? I know we've we've gone over probabilities and what would be the ultimate goal here for the union in the first leg, but any any final prediction here for uh, Wednesday night's game? I'm either saying two one union or one one. I don't like the one one. I don't like the no two one. one actually. What is that? I don't like, I don't like a little bit higher there. Three one. I don't... <laughs> no, I, I think two one's a fair result. So you mean in the second leg they're going to go in with a pretty tall task being asked of them. with with clenched buttholes? Yes. <laughs> uh, which I mean, it makes sense. It's LAFC, man. Like they've been fantastic. All right, that is it for the Union Soccer Pod. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find the Union Soccer Podcast. Also, check out whatever Joe Tandy's got going on, the Union Soccer Blog, unionsoccerblog.substack.com. Also, follow Joe at jtanzy 90 Follow me at jjanson34. Enjoy leg one of Champions League. And, of course, we'll be back for more next time right here on the Union Soccer Podcast.